Money Sense is brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group, three-time recipient of the Better Business Bureau's Torch Award for Business Ethics and Integrity. The Ellen Becker Investment Group is the only Wisconsin investment company to receive this prestigious award more than once by providing exceptional planning and extraordinary service each and every day. Go to ellenbecker.com. Listen to Money Sun Saturdays at 2 p.m. and Sundays at noon. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Ann Mank, Certified Financial Planner and CPA with the Ellen Becker Investment Group. We are located in Pewaukee, just east of Highway 164 and Capitol Drive in the Town Bank Building, and also in the village of Whitefish Bay in the Equitable Bank Building across from Winkies. For our Florida listeners, we are also in the Bonita Springs area. If you are interested in learning more about our offices, including a virtual tour of each location, please visit our website at ellenbecker.com. On our website, you can put a face with the name because we have bios and videos for all of our advisors. We also have a listing of all of our current events, plus links to past radio shows. And today I'm very excited. We're kind of going into a new decade as we're recording this show. And so a lot of times what we're thinking about is, well, how can I be healthier? How can I make my family healthier? What are the easiest ways to do that? And so today I have Casey Thorson, your organic cooking coach on the show with us today. She is the principal of Casey Thorson Enterprises, managing director of the Milwaukee Polka Dot Powerhouse Chapter, president of the Menominee Falls Holistic Chamber of Commerce Chapter, author of three e-books, in addition to co-author of Natural and Holistic Healing, The Ultimate Guide to Health and Wellness, and Self-Healing Mind, Body, and Spirit. One of the things I love about Casey is that she really believes in making the world happier and healthier. And the way she does this is trying to find solutions to today's cooking and dietary lifestyle challenges. She does this through cooking classes, workshops, She also has been busy as a professional chef, cooking coach, you name it, she's done it in the world of cooking. Um, And she's also helped my kids learn about the world too. So I know she does a really good job of of explaining things, making it simple and easy to digest. (laughs) So Casey, thank you for being on the show today. No, thanks for having me. Good morning on this beautiful, chilly day. I know, right? (laughs) Nice and warm in here. I know. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's five degrees out there right now. So if you're listening to this in the middle of the summer, just be glad it's not five degrees outside right now. Or if you feel any kind of symptoms coming on, go stand outside right. and that cold weather will kill every germ. Exactly. <laughs> well, I know when I was looking first at organic and how to be a little bit healthier with my family, um, a lot of times it's hard to even know where to start because you see so many different labels on mm-hmm. things. And so some things are certified, some things aren't, some things are grass fed, you know, free range. There's just too much out Mm -hmm. there. So um, could you just start giving us some of the basics of what does all that mean? Like, what are the labels? What should we be looking for? Okay, so this is my organic 101 label reading. (laughs) (laughs) Good. (laughs) So generally speaking, when we're reading labels, it's either on something that's packaged or jarred or canned. It's generally the uh, natural foods, you know, the produce and oftentimes meats don't have any particular type of labeling outside of maybe being labeled as grass-fed or organic. Mm -hmm. But as far as a label is concerned, um, I've always said that 
um, it, it, most people look, when they look at a label, they look at sugar and salt and, and calories and those kinds of things. And I've often suggested that, and, you know, those are good to look at. But um, I've often suggested that instead of doing that, look at, first of all, look at the ingredients. Uh, if you recognize all the ingredients as being, um, you know, what we would consider mm-hmm. to be a whole food or a healthy food, you, chances are pretty good what's in that package is going to be fairly natural, hmm. all right, or 100% natural. Um, as far as an organic label is concerned, um, the USDA organic certified is still the best measurement. Now, there are a lot of, and I, I'm just going to throw this out there because a lot of folks don't know, Wisconsin's uh, been the second largest organic farming state really? through the years. Yes. Huh. And we have a lot of farms mm-hmm. that we can source from directly, especially during the growing season when they have the community um, uh, sustainable agricultural programs, the CSAs or the co-ops, as they're called, um, are very affordable. Um Oftentimes, if you know your farmer, you can ask them how they're growing the foods or how they're uh, raising the animals. Because there are a number of natural ways that are being used. Mm -hmm. However, that particular farm, uh, these are usually very small family farms or hobby farms, um, may not uh, want to go through all the red tape. Oh, I see. Of, of having that certification. Yeah. So this applies to farm markets, too, when we have all these beautiful farm yeah. markets in the summer. Ask the person behind the counter. Mm-hmm. You know, it's generally the farmer. And ask them how they're growing the foods and what they do and or how are the animals being raised? How are they being fed? Um, you know, are the chickens cage-free? Things like that. Um, and it's, it's good education, and it helps because sometimes you may not always have that organic option mm-hmm. in front of you, but certainly there are things out there that are still very healthy and good, you know, to eat. And that makes a lot of sense because sometimes it might be organic and sitting you right in the face, but, I mean, my understanding is that getting that certification, that organic certification, that is a lot of time and effort and money that mm-hmm. goes into it. And if you're a small farmer, you just don't have the resources to do something like that. But you might be doing all those practices anyways. Correct. And um, the small farms are not sub- subsidized uh, like the big conventional yep. farms are. Yep. So, you know, they really – and I say that's why I love to buy local because I want to support that. Mm-hmm. If we don't support it, the farms go away. Yep. And then we don't have that natural option anymore. And what I've noticed, too, is that um, like when I talk to individuals about their goals or what they'd like to do either in the next 5, 10 years or in retirement, mm-hmm. I'm noticing more and more of I want to get a farm somewhere and just have a small farm. Mm-hmm. And so I think there is just a real movement of understanding what's in your food and what you're really eating. And so, um, you know, it's a movement that's starting to gain momentum, but I think it's been there for a long time. I mean, you've been doing this for a while. 14 years <laughs> as a business. I've actually, yeah. in, my, in my lifestyle, I've been doing it for more than 30 years. So. Yeah. 
How have you seen it change over time since when you started and trying to teach people how to eat healthy and eat the right foods versus what you're seeing now? I think that there's just a lot more education out there, and I think there's a lot of folks that know that they have options. Uh, and that's been my mission for 14 years is I, I, I don't tell people what to do or what they should do. I'm not a health coach per se. Mm-hmm. I'm a home cook, you know, and I know fast and easy ways to get stuff prepared, mm-hmm. keep it healthy, keep it tasting good and all that kind of good stuff. But I um, basically my mission has been to at least present the options to folks, you know, uh, helping them understand why they may want to consider certain ingredients that they've never heard of before in replacement mm-hmm. for things with um, artificial ingredients and sugars and so on and so forth. You know, one of the, the important things I think you are teaching individuals is just pay attention to what's in there because it's so easy, especially being a mom, it's so easy just to pull something off the shelf mm-hmm. and say, okay, this is done in 30 seconds. We're good. We're feeding our family. But one thing with just knowing you and working with you, it's you start looking at those labels and you can't read almost it any of the ingredients. And I also think that think it's interesting too is that I had a client who was just recently telling me that her daughter came home and had mac and cheese, craft mac and cheese from overseas versus craft mac and cheese here and completely different ingredients in them as well. So sometimes, you know, it depends on your location and where you are. Um, but to kind of go back to the labeling. So I kind of get confused with the meat labeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, like what's the difference between the grass fed, free range, or even when you're looking at eggs, you see like 10 different types of eggs that are out there. Really, what's the best version that I should be getting? Okay, so to make it really simple, poultry. Let's start with poultry, Okay, all right? And we see all the cage-free and so on and so forth. And without going into a lot of detail, those labels don't always mean what it looks like they mean, okay? (laughs) Of course. (laughs) (laughs) So I think the best rule of thumb, unless you know the farmer personally, yeah is just just go with your organic label on those, the certified USDA organic label. Okay. Try to buy local. Mm-hmm. Organic Valley is a big company in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and they source from local farms here. Uh, okay. Or in the Midwest, actually. Yeah. So it's one con- that's one consideration. There, is a, there are also local farms where some of our natural food stores okay. so, source from, excuse me, so... Um, you know, just know know your eggs. You can always research it too on the internet. Uh, there is a um, a, a farming uh, advocate yeah. agency, organic farming advocate called Cornucopia. Oh, and you can subscribe to their newsletters, and they have all kinds of cool information. Like they'll have rating systems for eggs around the state. For, you know, the, the naturalness. Mm-hmm. They'll have rating systems for dairy that you can, re- and they'll have it all by brand names that you see, like, ah. in the natural food store. Yeah. So that you can know that you're truly getting one of the best brands. Oh, interesting. So, so for poultry and eggs, I go organic, all right? When it comes to um, beef, mm-hmm. for example, beef or uh, lamb, your red meats, um, what's really important there is the grass-fed. Grass-fed and finish, it should be, not just grass-fed. Oh. Because uh, just a, a grass-fed is good. However, in the last 30 to 60 days, they, they are then fed grains to fatten them up. Oh. And the beauty of the grass is that that's their natural yep. food. 
and that's what keeps them healthy. That's what uh, flavors the meat, and that's where your good fats come from in that red meat. Huh. Now, there are those are who will debate with me, and I've had many debates. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> no red meat is good and all that, and I don't want to get into any yep. of that. I'm just, I'll, I'll t- speak for myself personally. I'm mm-hmm. a beef eater. That's what I look for. Yep. Um, it's, you know, it's kept me healthy. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and it tastes good. Yep. <laughs> so um, I think that's the most important thing on the, on the packaging. Um, and then we, we go to pork. If, if anybody's a pork eater out there, I like, look for terms like either free range Or humanely, naturally raised pork. Uh, Okay. Or, for instance, here we have a farm just outside of West Bend, Dominion Valley, um, and they raise pork naturally. Hmm. So shipments from Dominion Valley, very good tasting pork that you know has been raised properly and humanely and naturally. And so it sounds like one of the best ways to know what you're eating is to try and really eat local and start talking to the farmers yeah. that are out there so you understand what their practices are and how they, they do it. Um, we're going to take a, a quick break, but when you come back, what I also want to get into is you hear a lot about GMO versus non-GMO, wheat versus not wheat, um, just some of the things, you know, very high level, but just some of the things that we should know or think about as we're eating some of those products. So. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Money Sense. I am your host, Ann Mank, Certified Financial Planner and CPA with the Ellen Becker Investment Group. Today, I have Casey Thorson with me. She is your organic cooking coach. She knows everything there is to know about organics. Okay, maybe not everything, but <laughs> she definitely is an expert oh, this in is this a lot area. Of responsibility. <laughs> she has the experience. She's been in it for 14 years um, and then some, so she definitely knows what she's talking about and. So one of the things we talked about in the last segment was the different labeling and best ways to figure out what's in your food and how to find that. But we also hear a lot about GMO versus non-GMO when it comes to, and my assumption is that's mostly corn products, but it could be other products as well. That's, that's what I'm hoping you can clarify for us. But then we also hear a lot about, well, I don't eat wheat. Why don't we start with the GMO and what really is that and what's what's the big deal behind it well i'm going to be real careful with this topic because um i always learning and um i had coffee with a gal the other day who's actually a scientist oh and um i think the word gmo is kind of being thrown around loosely yeah and what it what it means and what it has meant to me is different than perhaps what the real scientific meaning is. Got it. You know, and I'll just qualify that by saying that for many, many years, our wheat in particular and some of our other produce products or grains, I should say, have been changed, modified Mm -hmm. through the years. Yeah. Um, And uh, I think when we referred to GMOs today, it's kind of generic, like we say Kleenex for tissues and Right, that's why I get confused because it's like it's out there all the time. I'm like, what does that really mean? And it stands for genetically modified organism. 
in the organic world, what we refer to when we say, when we talk about avoiding GMOs, mm-hmm. scientifically, you really can't avoid GMOs because so much of our food has been. It's just not possible. It's, it's not been, what it was 100 years ago, right. and there's no way to kind of go back to that right now. Right. There's been modification made. However, when we, when the, the meaning, when we throw that out there with, uh, in the organic world, I should say, we're referring to food that's grown, uh, with a huge amount of pesticide. Uh, so in other words, a, a GMO seed mm-hmm. might be a seed that is got built in pesticides so that when it grows, it is void to any kind of destruction that could come from pests. Got it. All right. Okay. And then the other way is that the uh, foods that are just massively sprayed, mm-hmm. where it kills everything but that food. So they're, they're, uh, the gene modification there would be to be sturdy against the, the uh, sprays that are used. Ah, so, so it really is talking more about the pesticides and how do we protect the food and what chemicals we're using versus what the scientific definition exactly really is exactly got it and then if it's organic that kind of takes that conversation away doesn't it because the pesticides or whatever they use need to be more natural based correct exactly exactly um so the the organic the USDA certified organic cannot be foods grown with those genetically modified traits Got All it. right, with the yeah. meaning with the pesticide yeah. um, situation, and so when when produce is grown organically, soil is treated, soil is um, fertilized differently, it's mm-hmm. mineralized. The soil content is the most important aspect of the food. We have a saying that your food is only as good as the soil it's grown in. Mm-hmm. So the the qualifications are more towards the herbicide, natural herbicides that are used. Okay. With a very minimum of pesticide that's used in the organic farms and with growing the produce. Yep. Same thing with animals. Okay. Many times animals are fed grains, are cows, etc. And the grains are not grown organically. Oh, got and it. And they may be sprayed. Okay. Yeah. And because they're sitting, yeah. you know, they sit, they get stored and sitting in places and you spray them down. Mm-hmm. So that's something else to consider with that. So a lot to think about. <laughs> it's a lot to think about, but it can be really simplistic, you know. Right. Uh, natural is just that. It doesn't have a lot of stuff. Right. You know, to accompany it. Yep. And as long as we can still look at that USDA organic certification and use that as a guide, that's mm-hmm. a good thing. Now, that may change in years. I mean, yeah. politically, um, yeah, everything's political today. Right. So politically and with uh, farmers, lobbyists, yeah. you name it, uh, things uh, are often proposed to make the changes uh, for some, with some of the labeling. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's always something to keep your eye on. And I think the most important thing is just stay informed. Yep. Or at least talk to someone who might be in the know. Mm-hmm. When I, I think about, you know, back when I was growing up, what our meals looked like. And it was um, 
you know, not a lot of preservatives. Mm-hmm. And especially, you know, when we're talking about dinners, it was still the time where you would cook your dinners or mash your own potatoes or, um, you know, the local grocery store actually had farmers dropping off the food. And I know just wheat in general, there's been so much talk about wheat and how it has changed. And when I think back, like I had no problem eating wheat, but then as the years have gone by, I know now that I feel so much better not eating wheat. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming that's just because over time, things have changed. Just like you said, all our food has changed. So now is it just harder for people to digest the wheat that we're making? Well, I think what's What's good uh, is the all the new studies and reports that are coming on on, on gut microchondria, okay, um, which is flora in our digestive system, and coming to know that our digestive system pretty much controls every health aspect mm-hmm. in the body, and what has happened through the years, um, you know, if you think about all the conventional and fast foods and uh, ingredients that have been introduced, artificial ingredients, synthetic ingredients, that there's been damage done. And we also have a concern about antibiotics today, mm. resistance yep. to antibiotics. So considering that uh, many of these animals of the food we eat are are routinely given antibiotics to keep them healthy, and again, that's a controversial topic, so I'm, I'm not going to give yep. an opinion there. I just know <laughs> that that's out there. Um and the antibiotics we get, you know, every every time we have inflammation, um, it's really it's destroying the bad bacteria, but it's also destroying the good bacteria mm-hmm. in our gut, and it takes some time to rebuild that, and you just the right the right foods. So not only do you want to bring that gut bacteria up to health, but you need to feed it mm-hmm. to keep it there. So that's where you get the term probiotic and prebiotic. Yeah. Well, and and kind of as you're explaining this, like what I'm thinking about is it's food is definitely an important part. But if your system isn't healthy enough to begin with mm-hmm. and you're putting food that might have pesticides or things that chemically shouldn't be in your body, it's it you know, you're just creating this um, this gut I don't want to say issue or problem because everybody's mm-hmm. different. But that's also the thing to keep in mind, too, is that what works for one person might not work for another, for another person. person as well. Um, and so I'll take a break here. But what I want to talk about is on the next one is, well, where do we get started? How do we start figuring out what's best for us and our body um, from both a food perspective, but then also, well, how do I fit this in my budget? How do I make sure I can do this for my family in a way that makes sense? Because yes, I want to have organic, but I've also heard of, you know, the dirty dozen. And when it comes to fruit and produce, these are the ones that you should always spend money on. But where's the best way to start? Because I could tell you from a money perspective, like, oh, cheapest one, start there. But I'm sure there's a better approach than that. (laughs) So with that, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Money Sense. I am your host, Ann Mank, Certified Financial Planner and CPA with the Ellen Becker Investment Group. Today I have Casey Thorson, who is a fantastic organic cooking coach and also 
writes books and knows a lot on the subject of how to eat healthy. And so as we're going into 2020, we want to make sure we're starting on the right foot with the right foods and the right approach from both what we're eating and then how we're paying for it and fitting it into our budget as well. So if... um, so if our listeners have been thinking a while, like, yes, I should be healthy and I should really start thinking about what am I eating? Am I eating local? It becomes overwhelming at points mm-hmm. because now it's like I have to read labels. I have to talk to farmers. I have to know what the bad and good is. So where do they start? What is an easy way that they can just start seeing how this makes them feel? See if this does make them feel happier and healthier. Um what approach should they take? Okay, well, I'm. I'll. I'll just share that this life. I started on this lifestyle. First of all, I'm. I love food. You do. I, love, I just do. love, love, love food, <laughs> and I love to eat, and I love good food. And um, I started in this direction uh, after reading a book more than thirty years ago. <clears throat> that made a lot of sense to me, and it started me on my organic journey, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, but what I noticed immediately when I, when I started with organic produce in particular was it tasted so much better. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was at the point where I was wondering, whatever happened to those tomatoes we used to get when I was a kid? You know, we didn't have a garden. We got yeah. them from the store. Um, and whatever happened to the way that celery used to taste? And, yeah. you know, I'm like, what happened to all these foods? Well, I found out when I started buying them in organic form. Now, at that time, and like I say, this is more than 30 years ago, there were not a lot of options around here. I knew nothing about the farms. Um, The only place I was familiar with initially was Outpost Foods. Oh, yeah. Which was down on the east side um, of Milwaukee. They only had the one store at the time. Yep. And uh, so I would go down there and start buying small, meaning baby steps. And I recommend this to everybody who's starting in this direction. First of all, stick with the Whole Foods. You know, shop around the perimeter of the store. Try to stay out of the aisles where you've got so much pre-prepared, canned, packaged things. Mm -hmm. So start with your produce and your meats, uh, fish. You know, if you can get some good fish, I usually buy it frozen. Um, That way it's wild and... sustainable um and start that way and then start with maybe three items if you buy apples every week start buying organic apples you know instead of buying conventional in a bag buy organic take maybe two or three items like that Mm -hmm. that you just get used to it's it's all about habit yep and it's about developing those habits and i know there's um debates out there as to whether you develop a habit in three weeks or six weeks or six months, (laughs) whatever it is, start making it habit. Because a lot of things we do today, also we we become very comfortable with certain brands, Mm. right? We always get that brand of peanut butter. We always get, you know, that. And start becoming familiar with a new brand, Mm. you know, so that every time you buy that particular item, you get it in organic form. Yeah. And then just add to that. You know, I used to tell my classes, I used to say, okay, ladies, now don't leave here tonight. Go to Outpost and buy $200 <laughs> worth of organic food. They would love that. Right. <laughs> but what's going to happen is you're going to get at home. You're not going to be used to the shelf life. Right. right. And you're going to get really mad and you're never going to buy it again. Yep. 
and, and, and you've spent a lot of money. So start with baby steps in yep. doing that. And that's a good, you know, it's so simple, but it's always good to go back to because when I think about, so apples, that was a, a good example because that's one of the first things that I decided to change with my kids and, and what we eat. But when I went in the grocery store, I was like, man, where do I find these organic apples? So I spent a lot of time just searching, trying to find the Mm -hmm. organic ones. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if you just take one at a time, you can take the time and not get frustrated. But now that I know where the organic apples are, like you said, it's a habit. I just go to that section, I pick out apples, and then I'm done. Um, Are there any produce that you really don't have to get organic? You know, they do do the dirty dozen list every yep. year, and I know people who have followed that list um, religiously, which that's great. I mean, that's another way to start. I personally love the flavor of organic food. Mm-hmm. So I buy I don't care if it's on the list or not. I buy it all organic because I feel the true flavors. I mean, if, you, if you've never tasted the difference between a celery stick conventional and an organic celery stick, try it out sometime. I might have to go do that because I don't know if I've had organic celery. (laughs) I think I've just had the plain blah. (laughs) Well, and to your point too, organic means that the soil is Mm -hmm. prepared differently. So even though I'm, and I'm thinking of a banana, a banana, even if it gets some pesticide on the outside, you peel off the skin. So you don't think it's that important, but to your point of it's in the soil so you're, what's actually getting into the banana is mm-hmm. affected as well. So that makes a lot of, a lot of sense. And that's well. why there's a lot of discussion today. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm, not, I'm going to not say if this is good or bad, about what does organic truly mean? Because there's um, the, the, the plants now you can grow in your home just with water or air. Yeah. Um, and there's a, uh, I think there's a movement to call those those uh, pro- produce types yeah. organic, but they're not grown in the soil. The soil is the cultures. The soil oh, is yeah. really the organic form yeah. Yeah. that lends itself to that food. Yeah, so that's a very controversial thing today. But I noticed that when you start with baby steps, like you then start saying, like you mentioned, this tastes good. I noticed that with chicken. It's like there's a huge difference between organic chicken and non-organic chicken. And I think the first time that I tried organic, I was like, oh, this is the home-cooked meal I've been looking for. Because <laughs> that's what you remember from growing up. Right. Um, I remember my dad saying that he had chickens in his backyard and he lived, you know, in the middle of the city. But that's just how they raised their mm-hmm. food and their produce. Mm-hmm. Or you would swap from gardens, you know, oh, your neighbor had this, I'll swap you and we'll put that together. Or even canning is starting to become very popular. Mm-hmm. So when you have your own garden, we're canning the beans, we're canning the tomatoes, we're canning, you know, a lot more than we have in the past. And I remember as a child doing that, mm-hmm. and then we just kind of got away from it for a while. But even canning, it's like, yes, that's right. fun. <laughs> and if you can, you know, I generally I've been working with people who would not be candidates for a garden or canning because mm. it, the whole approach is fast and easy. How do you introduce this when you yeah, have two true. parents who are working mm-hmm. full-time jobs, raising children, you know, how do you, and don't have time yep. for many things, let alone, you know, spending time in the kitchen or growing things. Yeah. So I've, I've pretty much customized my programs to those who don't have the time to do that. So 
there are ways, and again, farm markets and Mm -hmm. certain grocery facilities that you can go to get those things that are already done for you. Yep. Or there's shortcuts. (laughs) Like, <laughs> like one one year, I was there was a little farm market down the street, yeah. which I really really loved, and I knew they grew this stuff naturally, and I just loved the flavor of their food, and so uh, it was like a really like the last day they were open in October one year was really it was cold and icky and blowy outside, and I stood there and I she, they had had wonderful tomatoes that summer, yeah, huge big tomatoes. And I looked at all the tomatoes sitting in that box. I said, what are you going to do with all those? She said, you want them? Oh. Well, without hesitating. Yeah. No, I don't can. I, I don't, <laughs> you know, I'm the shortcut lady. Yeah. I, I just said, yes, I'll take them. So she loaded a huge garbage bag full of these huge tomatoes. And I got home and I went, oh, what am I going to do with these? <laughs> so I just, I tied the bag up tight and threw them in the freezer. Oh, whole. Really? Yes. <laughs> this, is, this is my little experimentation here. So I ate those tomatoes all winter. What I would do is I would take one out uh-huh. because one was huge, right? Yeah. Sit it in a bowl, stick it in the fridge, let it thaw, and then I would just kind of squeeze the water out of it. And then I'd throw it into the blender and make soups and sauces, and, and oh. it tasted just as fresh as oh. if I had you know, yeah. just picked it up. <laughs> yeah. And sure, I said, I'll take it. Dang I it. Now what do I do? <laughs> I didn't skin it. I didn't, you know, yeah. it, it was just, I used it as whole. Now, I made stewed tomatoes. I made, you know, anything that you would kind of blend or stew the, the tomato up with. It was great. And I wouldn't eat the tomato just like that, right? right? That would, <laughs> but it that got incorporated well. into, yes. you know, spaghetti sauces, salsa, yep. you name it. Oh, very good. That's that's a good way of well, and using the freezer is is I think a way that I don't think of as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is great. You you have all this produce at your fingertips when you need it, and it can be he- healthy for you as well. So let's take a quick break. But next time um, when we come back, let's continue our conversation of how do we make this fast and simple and easy. So now that we know that we want good organic food. How do we make it so that we aren't going to the grocery store, buying all this, and have it go bad on us? And Mm -hmm. how do we incorporate that in our busy lives? So we'll be right back. Welcome back to Money Sense. I'm your host, Anne Mank, financial advisor with Ellen Becker Investment Group, and I have Casey Thorson with me, your organic cooking coach. And when we left the last segment, we were talking about how everybody's life is super busy. A lot of times we just don't have time to even think about what we're going to eat each day, much less we have to make it healthy and we have to make it, you know, good for us. So, how do you help someone like that? What are some tips or tricks that you have? So how do we incorporate this in a very easy way in our hectic lives? Well, through the years, the first thing that I've demonstrated for folks is I have a what I call two generic recipes. One is a generic meat saute, and the other one is a generic uh, vegetable dish. And so this is what I call weeknight dinner preparation. Okay. Okay. I'm grain free, so you're not going to see me putting the rice and the noodles mm-hmm. and things like that on a on a plate. But I do like the vegetables, mm-hmm. the presence of vegetables and the meat to be a moderate form, not the main 
thing. But, Got it. But the side dish. Mm-hmm. So um, when you saute meats stovetop, there's a variety of ways to do it. And, of course, each meat is cut differently and takes a different amount of time. But my fast and easy approach has to do with um, just starting a saute in a you know healthy cooking oil with onion and garlic in there, bringing that to a flavor mm-hmm. um, component, and then adding the meat. And as the meat is cooking on the stovetop, I'm mixing vegetables. Okay. All right. So I might mix spinach, zucchini, and kale together, right? And the the concept is similar. I mean, you know, I, I I might use garlic or onion to flavor it, or other seasonings like dillweed, uh, cilantro, etc. And as that's cooking, then I'm making the salad. And the salad is always just a very fast and simple, um, you know, I buy the greens. They're organic, but they're already baby greens. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't have to really do anything with them outside of toss them in a bowl. Okay. And I just take olive oil, uh, uh, raw organic apple cider vinegar, and a drizzle of stevia. And I mix that all together with maybe a little salt, sea salt, and I toss the greens in that. That's it. And so how long would a meal like that take to be able to get it from starting to table? Often 15 minutes nice. to 20 minutes. Okay. I mean, it's, there's, a, um, there's always a learning curve yep. with it because you need to get into the habit where you're not thinking about it. Yep. And you just kind of toss it all together. But that's a process that I use um, you know, probably six nights a week. Okay. Um, when I want to get something done, and it enables me to to prepare either fish or beef or poultry, along with a variety of different vegetables. And if you really want to cut time mm-hmm. on your veggies, you buy them organic frozen, oh. and then you cook them all together. Got it. Okay. All right. In the in the pot, and maybe add two or three, you know, combinations and season them. Yep. And I mean, everything is done fairly quickly that way. So how do you handle, like, one of my biggest pain points is just I can go grocery shopping maybe once a week. Mm-hmm. So how do I keep healthy things in the house and only go shopping once a week? <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the um, – I, I only go once a week, by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah, I may not always go to the same store, mm-hmm. but I only go once a week for my, for my main shopping. Okay. And sometimes it's 10 days. Mm-hmm. Before I go again, um, and th- I think that has to do with buying frozen okay. foods and always having them on hand. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I buy a lot of fresh foods too, but it's mainly um, it's mainly foods that <clears throat> I don't have to do a whole lot with. Okay, so really, as far as the process is concerned, and I mean, this is one of the things that the, moving forward, I I've, I've just launched a new website. All right, which, which has awesome. a new blog. <laughs> Thank you so much. And we're just getting the blog in place. So uh, if anybody's interested about keeping up or seeing what's out there yeah. in the way of fast and easy mm-hmm. and organic and natural, my blog will be updated weekly. And I will be focusing, actually, there's a lot of really good pre-made foods today. Really? That are organic or they're 100% natural that you can purchase online. Okay. Or some are in the stores. 
I've really gravitated to some of these things, like cauliflower pizza crusts. Yep. There's a company called Cauliflower that um, you can order. You can order a whole bunch of crusts and just keep them in your freezer. And then every time you want a pizza crust, you just pull it out. Mm-hmm. And there's so much you can put on a pizza crust, too. So sometimes it's just thinking outside the box as you're preparing some of this as well. Exactly. And you can use them as wraps. You can, you know, pretty much. And they're delicious. Um, so you can incorporate them. And there's no there's no funny ingredients in there. You know, <laughs> you can read them all. It's pretty straightforward. <laughs> it's a clean food. So there's things like that. Um, lately, I've been buying little. We I've learned a long time ago that um, my husband would prefer to eat more vegetables if I mixed in some olives. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's the little things, right? <laughs> and I'm a big olive eater, so now I, I found now where I can buy little um, containers of marinated olives with like feta cheese and oil already in there that if you're making a salad or something, mm-hmm. you can just, you know, take a tablespoon and scoop some in there unless you want to chop them up, but you yep. don't have to do that. They come whole. Things like organic bacon bits. Oh. You can buy that are not Bacos. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> if you remember Bacos. Um, th- things like that that um, I don't know that a lot of folks are familiar with. Um, there's some good uh, uh, grain-free tortillas oh. out there on the market. Okay. Um, so to introduce these foods and how and recipes and how would you prepare this and what would be a really fast way to do it, that's really what my goal is moving forward, that anyone mm-hmm. can um, come to my website, which is www.kcthor.com. So, so K-C-T-H-O-R.com. Okay. And blog is right on there, as will be other things through the you know, through the next year or so. Yeah, because you have a lot of interesting things in the hopper that they'll just have to keep watching your website to see them all yes. kind of pop up on there. But um, but that's that's a great tool to use because a lot of times I just don't know where to start or where to go to. So your blog will be able to provide not only what to do, but where to go find it uh-huh. as well. And keep it simple. Yeah, You know, I think one of the things I know is challenging with a family, all right, um, get the kids involved. Mm-hmm. Get them cooking. Make them responsible. You know, it's amazing what I've seen personally. It's amazing when a child is involved in the preparation of a food, mm-hmm. how much more willing they are to taste it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because it's kind of like, well, I want to see what I composed here, you know? Yeah. And and oftentimes they will find they like it. Yep. You know, it's it's on that on that note too. Uh, years ago, I did a, a local TV show, Menominee Falls, called "What's Cooking," with KC. And on one of the shows, I interviewed a chiropractor. Yeah. And he had asked if his if his um, son, I think it was one one of his sons, could come with his little Cub Scout troop. And uh, come and be like the audience for the oh. show. <laughs> and I said, great. I said, it's perfect because we're going to make pizza. Ah. So I brought my pizza oven, right? Yeah. And I had a pre-made crust, you know, that we were going to use. But what I didn't think about is my pizzas all have spinach on them. Oh. Right? Yeah. So it was just, it was so funny because I put this crust 
on the in the pizza oven. I, you know, I'm putting all the stuff on the pizza. I'm putting this the cooked spinach on the pizza. <laughs> you got to cook the spinach first, by the way, and do it in garlic and olive oil. Okay, <laughs> otherwise it has no flavor. Oh, <laughs> it, tastes, it tastes like you just threw spinach on a pizza. Um, but so we made this, and I could hear these little boys chatting to each other, going, "Oh my gosh, I'm not going to eat that. I'm uh-huh. not going to eat that." She put spinach on there, right? Yep. So we went through there with the show, and I pulled it out and. I could hear the mothers saying, you are going to try that, you know. <laughs> so they came up, and I cut in little squares because I realized that this was not going to be their favorite thing. Yeah. Cut it in little squares, and, of course, they picked the ones that had the most cheese on them. Mm-hmm. And they went back, and all of a sudden I heard them going, oh, this is really good. I don't even taste the spinach on here. <laughs> and before I knew it, they came up for so many helpings that the whole pizza was gone. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's it, – you know, they need to taste. They yep. need to get involved. Um, yep. Make it an, you know, experiment. Right. Make it a social experiment. Something fun yeah. that they can do. <laughs> See if you can get your kids to eat spinach. <laughs> but keep it simple. Yeah. You know, if you, the more things that you have in whole form, the less cooking you're going to have to do. And True. I'll be doing a blog on that, too. Oh, good. <clears throat> with okay. ideas about things that you don't have to necessarily cook, per Got se. It. Some oh. things that you can just put together very quickly yeah. or that the kids can put together. That's even very a better quickly. idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, perfect. Well, if you want <clears throat> to see more of Casey, go to CaseyThor.com and you'll be able to see her new blog and all the new and interesting things she's going to do in the new year. So, Casey, thank you so much. Oh, for thank being you for having me. It was fun. <laughs> thank you. And don't forget, Money Sense airs Saturday from 2 to 3 and Sunday noon to 1. As always, we hope that we have made a difference in your personal and financial well-being. Thank you to all of our clients who are listening. I know you have a lot of choices, so we appreciate the opportunity to serve you. And at Ellen Becker, before we plan, before we advise, before we invest, we always listen. Visit us at ellenbecker.com for more information. Have a great rest of your day.